0: We've asked you guys before whether you like free beer and the answer has always been yes. So we are back offering you guys just that, free beer. It's all thanks to our good pals at Beer52.com who are giving you the opportunity to sip eight delicious craft beers for free. All you need to do is pay the postage which is £4.95 and actually... As a special offer for Fulhamish listeners, they're going to throw in two extra beers. So that's a total of 10 free beers and all you've got to do is pay the postage. Now, if you don't know about Beer 52, they are beer pioneers who find you the most interesting beers from the greatest small batch breweries on the planet. Each month, they send you a package of beers which have been specially hand-picked from breweries both in the UK and from across the world. Now, Beer 52, there's no commitment and you can cancel at any time. You can also customise your plan so you get dark or lighter beers whatever you like so claim your free box of beer now by going to beer 52.com forward slash Fulham that is beer 52.com forward slash Fulham and claim your free box today
1: ladies and gentlemen it is showtime please welcome the team of the Fulhamish podcast
2: hello you're listening to Fulhamish extra your weekly extra dosage of Fulham FC content I'm your host, Don Betts, and joining me on today's podcast is Love Sport Radio's Kieran Critchard. Coming on today's show, we have a look ahead to Saturday's game away at Bristol City and analyse the runnings of West Brom, Leeds and ourselves. Joining us to look ahead to Saturday's lunchtime clash at Ashton Gate is Bristol Live's Gregor McGregor. And we started off by asking, what has Bristol City's dipping form been down to?
1: Has to do with the January signings they've made, actually. They've brought in three new players. I mean, Naki Wells is a good signing. But the other two guys haven't played a lot of football this season, Henrickson was throw, um, frozen out up at Hull. And then um, Rixon, um hadn't played too much at, H- um, at Leicester City either. So I think these guys have slowly been integrated in at Bristol City, but there's a little bit of cohesion missing from the side at the moment. And also the loss of Josh Brownhill has been a big loss for Bristol City. And they, they haven't really worked out a, an effective system of play just yet with the new guys. So basically, yeah, I think that's reflected in the results recently.
2: When it comes to Bristol City, obviously they've been in and around the playoffs for a few seasons now. And is there, is there something different about it this season? Do you think this year is the year they can get into the top six?
1: Yeah, I do think they've got a shot. I, I think if they can work out that system, then they've they've added some real quality last month. I mean, they've got a couple of guys who, who can really score up front now and, and strength in depth as well. Uh, an important player they've actually had this season, but he only played right at the beginning of the year, was Benekafobe, and he's been out um, out injured for a long time, but he's just coming back as well. So they haven't really now got four decent strikers in the squad. And because of that, yeah, I think that's probably the difference on the, on the last couple of years. I know um, January 2019, the club were looking to bring in a, a quality striker. They couldn't do that. They couldn't get anything over the line. This year, it's been a bit different. They've managed to bring in Wells. And um, yeah, we're hopeful that Lee Johnson can get it together, work out a new system to get the best from them, and and hopefully uh, maybe get a win this weekend to kickstart something.
2: When it comes to obviously Bristol, everyone talks about the streaky nature of the time, but the interesting thing about. I always, I always say about this, tie is it always seems to favour the away side. Whenever Bristol City seems to come to Craven Cottage, it always, they always seem to be... not They always seem to not completely dominate us, but, you know, they always seem, seem to get the victory or get a positive result. And when Fulham head to Ashton Gate, a similar sort of fashion, I remember, I think we've, we've had two wins and one draw in our three visits there. Do you think there's anything to do with the way the teams play that it just seems to always suit the away side? Yeah, definitely. I hear you
1: and I might agree. I think there is a lot to that. I wonder if that 's a wider thing in the championship, actually, because sometimes at championship games I do wonder if maybe that lack of quality at times means that it 's difficult to break teams down, especially if they sit in and if they 're compact and make it difficult to get behind you so yeah, I think if Fulham defend well at the weekend and I think they may well do, and my worry from a Bristol City point of view is that Fulham have now brought in Hector, and I think he played well last week for you guys, so yeah, that would be my worry and, and I think they might the cottages might be a slightly different proposition to when Bristol City won earlier this season at Craven Cottage. An
2: interesting sort of point will be that obviously the return of, you know, Joe Bryan and Bobby Reed to Ashton Gate. What do you think their reception will be like?
1: Oh, they'll get a good reception without doubt. I mean Joe's obviously injured and I don't think he's gonna play. Um but yeah, I, I would expect him to maybe be around at Ashton Gate still. Uh, Bobby Reed, yeah, he he was given a tremendous send off by the academy, uh, by the club, because he'd come through the academy when he joined Cardiff, actually, um, and the, the club really went to town on it. They produced a, a couple of videos with him, including one with him sat in his living room saying goodbye to the club, and he's really seen as as a darling of the club to have come through the the academy ranks here. So, yeah, both guys well remembered by all city fans, and they can look forward to a warm reception this weekend, without doubt.
3: We mentioned just before you came on on with us, Gregor, that Bristol City seemingly all season long have hovered either in sixth place or in seventh place, maybe fifth at times, pretty much all season long. Do you think that's because going higher and pushing for top two is realistically beyond Bristol City? Not that therefore through the playoffs they can't get promoted, but do you think that's why they haven't been able to push on from pretty much being in sixth or seventh all season long? Or do you think there are other factors? You mentioned injuries there. That's restricted them from making a real push for automatic promotion.
1: Yeah, I I don't think they've quite got the quality to really push on and and match the likes of West Brom, Leeds and and maybe Fulham as well. We've seen in the last couple of games, we've had West Brom and, and Leeds back to back. And to be honest, Bristol City were outclassed in both games. Neither of them. They looked like getting even a draw, let alone a, a win, and in fact, they were they were two pretty wretched performances, and yeah. So I think that kind of illustrates that they're just not quite good enough for an automatic place this year to contend for one, but I think they are good enough to contend for the top six. They've they've had a bit of consistency this season, but just they they, they haven't got a very good record against the top six sides. In fact, I think Fulham is one of the few times uh, they've won on the road. I think, in fact, that is their only win on the road at a top six side this season. So, yeah, they've, they've got a bit of making up to do there. But, yeah, we certainly look at this as, as a game where they could get a result. And if they can, then, yeah, who knows where the season will end.
2: Obviously, last time we played it, Ashton Gate was, was a 1-1 draw about two about two years ago. Pretty much near to the, to the day, probably, pretty much. But, what obviously, that was Mitrovic's first goal for the club. Uh, that day since when he joined online for Newcastle for the remainder of 17-18. What do you think? Do you think Best City are going to have to adapt their defence to suit the prowess of Alexander Mitrovic? I'm
1: not too sure they will, actually. I thought they did a pretty good job against him at Craven Cottage. and um, the, the guys playing that day were Ashley Williams and Nathan Baker. and Baker has been pre- in pretty good form for most of this season. Williams has just dropped out of the side, but they have got Thomas Callas, who obviously you, you guys will know pretty well. Um, and he's actually the club record signing this this way. Had a very good season last year alongside Adam Webster. As I say, they've brought in Filip Benkovic, and he's a Croatia international. He's come from Leicester City. So they've got strength and depth in that position. And, yeah, actually, that's that's one thing. I think they will be able to contest. Not not saying that Mitrovic won't score because he's a he's a quality player and he might get a couple of chances. But I think that I think they can handle him. Um, I'm a bit more worried about the uh, your wide attackers, if I'm honest.
3: And just finally, then, Gregor, prediction for the game on the weekend. Bristol City home advantage is that going to be enough, or do you see uh, the just coming along again, all three points?
1: I'm very worried about. Actually, I think I think you will really really test them. I'm going to go for a Bristol City home win, narrow win, but that's partly because it's also Bristol City's 125 year anniversary game. So it's going to be a full house there. It's on TV. They've got a special strip and a few other things, special celebrations planned. So we're hopeful that maybe there's a better atmosphere and and maybe that could turn it.
3: Thank you very much for your time this evening, Gregor. That was Gregor McGregor from Bristol live, giving us the opposition view there from Bristol City ahead of that home game on Saturday against Fulham. Dom, going into this one then, Bristol City, we mentioned the poor form there. But are you looking at this and thinking this is a dangerous game that Fulham might have got a couple of wins, uh, kept two clean sheets, but this is going to be a different test because both Swansea and Preston are at home. This is a road trip to a tough place to go in Ashton Gate.
2: Yeah, it is a tough place to go. I've seen, as I said, our record there is sort of one positive going into it. If we could have a repeat of that 4 1 victory, uh, it would be great. But I think. I'm quite confident going into this game just because of the runner form we're on the runner form there on it's on TV. We're actually seen to play better on TV than if we play uh, Saturday three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it'll be a very very good game. You know, both teams are going to want to attack each other, but I think both teams are, are fairly solid defensively, especially Fulham with the addition of Michael Hector. You know, to start of the season, people were calling you know Lee Johnson the Bristolian Josie Mourinho with I think it was three one 1-0 wins on the bounce. So I think. it won't be as sort of high scoring as people might expect with, you know, two attacking sides. I think it will be decided by the one goal. I can't see a team winning by more than one. So, no, it's going to be a very tough affair. But, you know, as we said, we we got Mitrovic and when you've got him, you've always got a chance to score. And I think we've looked a lot more assured at the back recently. I think, you know, if he, take the last three games, the only goal we've conceded is a penalty by Wayne Rooney, which was a, a contentious handball by Tim Ream. I guess you can argue for that one. So um, we're very, we're very, very solid at the back. You know, Joe Bryan I don't expect him to play obviously his hamstring injury. But you know, if you got the back five of Marek Rodak, and I I would have, have Christie on the right hand side of a back two of Ream, Hector, and then uh, Dennis Adory on the left hand side. So I think you know, it's not, it's not a case of. I think it's, it will be a case of game management in this game. I think it's about controlling the game. I don't think it's about going out from the off. We've often said, oh, we don't team, attack teams out from the off enough. But I don't think that's the best way to manage this game. I do think it's about controlling the game early on, sort of sh- sh- shutting them out chances-wise. But then we got, it's being clinical of our chances, which we have done this season, to be fair. Most likely times when we do create a key chance, we most likely do put it away, especially with Mitchridge up top. I would like to actually see Kamara start in this game just because I think, you know, knockout for me, he's been a flop this season. I don't think there's really too many ways you can, you can say that your know, not been great either. He's, he's shown glimpses, but he's not been great overall. You know, as I said, a kamara has got what four goals and four, four assists this season for someone who's had a bit part to play. Some very good statistics there. Obviously he got the assist for Mitchell's winner against Swansea, you got the, technically a second sort of game that gold has sealed the game against Preston. So yeah, I'll give, give him a shot on the, on the, on the, right wide position I think he did play well there so yeah I'm looking forward to this game and I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens
3: so Gregor said it would be a narrow home victory for Bristol City on a pretty special occasion for them on Saturday. How do you see the game panning out?
2: I see it as a narrow victory just going the other way. I'm on, I think what I'm going to predict is I think a 1-0 Fulham win. I think another clean sheet will come, but we'll only beat a one by the one goal. Hello, I'm Lucas Piazon and when I'm not winding up Reading fans, I'm listening to Fulhamish podcast. As we head into the final stretch of the season, we found a slight cushion ahead of the likes of Brentford and Nottingham Forest. So I thought we'd analyse West Brom, Leeds and our sales run-ins until the end of the season on this week's Love Sport Radio show.
3: Let's look at the top two before we come back to Fulham's remaining fixtures. West Brom are top. And I remember at start of the season, Dom, you, you, you made it clear what your views were. You felt that Bilic was probably the best manager in the league. West Brom had the best squad. They were definitely going to go up. They started the season brilliantly and it looked like your prediction was going to be spot on. Then... They had a patch that every single team has had where they looked shaky and that gap suddenly came massively down. They've managed to put put that gap back again, but a defeat to Wigan, is that showing a bit of pressure is building on West Brom or do you think that's just one of those where... It was a shocker day, and you can't read much into just one game out of 36.
2: Well, they had sort of had a resurgence over so the last month, so I think they, they they had a three-game winning streak on the bounce, and yeah, it was a very very surprising result. And as I said, you know, Wigan getting three of their last four away wins at Ellen Road twice, and then the Hawthorns is very, very surprising. But, you know, it, it drags West Brom straight back into a sort of a three-horse race between, you know, West Brom, Leeds, and Fulham. If we're, if we're looking at it running, they've got to play Swansea at home, sorry, They've got to play Swansea away, They got then they've got Birmingham at home, away to Brentford, away to Sheffield Wednesday, and then got two home games with Hull and Derby, then go away to Blackburn, then Fulham travel to the Hawthorns at, at the end of April, then they go away to Huddersfield and then at home's QPR. So if you're looking at those games, the, the tough ones, I wouldn't call Swansea away a tough game, but going away to Brentford midweek, you know, when we go to their place, will be a tough game. But then, yeah, so you'd argue there's two, possibly three fixtures, Wednesday away You never know what's going to happen, you know. You can say it's a tough fixture, and then Blackburn go in there like 4-0, or whatever it was. So. I think they've got an e- they've got an easier running obviously than Fulham, but there are still some tough games in there. And I think you know there are games here where they're playing teams who who need the points as well. I am looking when they when they host Hull City. I know they look terrible against Leeds on the weekend, but Hull City need the points. They're right. They're right in the thick of it. The likes of Huddersfield Town as well. Certainly, you know, Blackburn will make a late playoff push. So although not be playing teams in the top six or seven, they're playing teams who are playing for something, and that's where they're going to probably If they're going to lose points, they are going to lose them.
3: That that's a really. Interesting one, Dom. Where do you sit on this question that when we look at run-ins, usually I think we're in agreement the teams you do want to play against are those who have literally nothing to play for. And you probably are looking at Derby, QPR, Birmingham with the sides with four or five games to go. They're not going to have anything to play with but play for. But there's not many of those sides. Do you think it's more dangerous playing against sides that have their, their status in the league at stake or is it more dangerous playing against the sides that are in around you that are better than those at the bottom? I
2: think it depends what kind of team you are. I think if you're a team like Fulham, I think Fulham relish playing against, you know, the the bigger teams and I think our results are probably better against them. Uh, so, but I th- and I think for West Brom, even you just have to look at the teams they've split up against this season. We just speak about Wigan on the weekend. They don't want to be playing teams that are fighting for their lives down the bottom. So you know they got they got to play at home to hold Their second last game is away to Huddersfield. Huddersfield might still be str- right back in the mix of things. Then you know they could have a poor run of results and they could be fighting for their lives. So these games are actually you can argue they're tougher, especially for your, if you're top of the league. You know, you know because the likes of Huddersfield, is the likes of Hull will look at it and see it as a. Not a free. it's not a free shot because it's coming towards the end of the season and they do need the points, but they can be a lot tougher than people expect.
3: So looking, we've talked about West Brom there. Looking at Leeds, as we mentioned, they're five points clear of Fulham. They've won four straight games. They seem to have got over their usual collapse. Looking at the games to come, these are their final 10 at home to Huddersfield, away at Cardiff, back-to-back home games against Fulham and then Luton away at Blackburn, home to Stoke, away at Swansea, home to Barnsley away at Derby, and then finish the season at home against Charlton. Looking at their run-in, are you thinking there aren't actually that many tough games? There are quite yeah, a lot of sides down there, but uh, w- what are you looking at? Are you thinking that running is the sort of running in that, that you would like? I think if you're looking at it on paper,
2: as, as it literally is, uh, I think you'd argue they have the easiest run-in here. But I think what's going to be really interesting is... They've got to play Barnsley and Charlton at home in two of their last three three games of the season. And, you know, these teams are going to be fighting for their lives. They, these teams aren't going to want to give up. And these are exactly the kind of fixtures where Leeds mess up. Yeah. And I think that this is, and you know, Barnsley, Yorkshire Derby, Barnsley are going to be fighting for their lives. Charlton last game of the season at home at Ellen Road could be an absolute corker, you know. Charlton fighting for life to stay up. Leeds trying to hold on to second place and, you know, Charlton get a last minute winner through Lyle Taylor while Kevin McDonald scores a goal off his backside away at Wigan in the 93rd minute. But yeah, I think on paper you'd argue it's the easiest running. But I think what I'm looking at is even, even if you look at the last five games, the Stoke, Barnsley and Charlton's, yes, they're down the bottom, but these are going to be teams who are going to be fighting for their lives. And as we spoke about with West Brom, those games could actually be the tough games for Leeds because these teams aren't going to come onto Leeds. These teams are just going to sit back and let Leeds attack them. I think looking at Leeds are probably the least clinical sign in the division. They've had so many shots and so many shots on target, but they haven't scored the goals to back that up. So, It's easiest running on paper, as I've said multiple times,
3: but actually I think it could actually be a lot tougher than people think. So from your perspective, so from the Fulham perspective, as we mentioned, five points behind Leeds, six points behind West Brom going into these final 10 games. Are you you looking and thinking there's not really that much pressure on Fulham because they've basically not been in those top two all season. West Brom and Leeds have been the sides in those top two positions pretty much from start till now. Going into these final ten games, are Fulham in some ways psychologically in the best position of all three because they're not the ones being chased. Is, is it easier in this position? Fulham are used to being in this position of chasing promotion. Is it easier to be the chasers or the chased?
2: It's always. I think it's always be to be the chaser. We've seen that in our two previous successful. Well, not successful. When we got to knock out in the playoff semi-final and then won the playoff final. we also we're also chasing season we lost in 16-17 in a plus to Reading. Leeds were miles ahead of us and we caught them up, got into sixth and they finished in like seventh or eighth. I think Ryan Tanikliff literally ended up rounding Rob Green on the last day of the season. And then obviously when we finished third, we nearly pipped second on that last day. If we just beaten Birmingham, we would have gone up automatically that year. And I think what's important for us is we, we've still got to play both these teams. All three of these teams have got, well, not, Leeds, Leeds aren't going to play West Brom, but we've got to go away to Leeds and we've got to go away to West Brom. And, you know, if we win both those games, we're going to swing it not completely into our favour, but we're going to swing the pressure straight onto Leeds and West Brom because they know they can't mess up. And I think that's what's going to be important. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially in this game away at Ellen Road in two weeks' time because I reckon a win for Leeds completely ends it for me because I can't see us coming back from that that would be 8 points beyond Leeds United obviously it would require West Brom slipping up as well so I think we need to win that game at Ellen Road and we need to win the game at the Hawthorns the rest we can sort of see what happens but I think those two away games in particular is vital because then we know we're cutting points on the teams above us instead of we're relying on oh if we beat Forest this week they might lose to etc the next so I think these two away games are actually must wins in that sense because we need to have guarantees of us cutting the deficit. You know, if we cut the deficit by three points, you know, we'd be two points behind Leeds, three points behind West Brom. So, yes, we're playing all the big teams, but in essence, it's going to be teams coming onto us, bar probably the likes of Nottingham Forest who like to sit back and hit teams on a counter attack. But. Yeah, I'm looking forward to these last ten games because you know we're we're going to be playing quality games week in week out against quality opposition, and the games are going to be electric. The atmosphere is going to be great, and especially you know you know the local derby against Brentford next Friday night. Yeah, it's it's very very interesting. I don't think anyone can really call it.
3: So looking into these final ten games, they're obviously tough games in there. You mentioned the one at West Brom, which was with just a few weeks of the season left. The third last game, Nottingham Forest is in there as well. But do you think, you mentioned the two games away at the top two, away at Leeds and away at West Brom. Do you think, honestly, in a couple of weeks' time, after these next three, away at Bristol City, home against Brentford, away at Leeds, surely after those three, even with seven games to go, which is still 21 points available, surely after that that final of these next three, away at Ellen Road, surely we are going to know whether Fulham are going to be top two if, if they have a good time of it over these next couple of weeks. Fulham are going to be right in there pushing for top two if these next couple of weeks go probably the next seven after that are going to be irrelevant because Fulham are going to be out of the race yeah I think if we
2: lose the Leeds it, the race is done unless, we're, unless West Brom have another semi collapse towards the end of the season as you said these three games are crucial we're playing all teams in the top six top seven Yeah, I think you have a real grasp going into that uh, West London derby uh, away to QPR on, I think, Saturday the 21st. We'll have a real idea of what sort of a situation is and whether we still have a chance, really. But yeah, as you said, these three games are so critical and there's no reason why we can't win all three. Uh,
3: You you mentioned, I remember this when we spoke, it was a number of months ago, and you said you'd rather rather Fulham play against the better sides than the weaker sides. I take a case like Barnsley where they did the double over Fulham. They beat Fulham at Oakwell on the opening day of the season and then won 3-0 only a matter of weeks ago at Craven Cottage. So in some ways, even though Fulham's last 10 fixtures look probably significantly tougher than the other two, do you think actually Fulham, the way that they play, they will actually thrive? And in, it? And there's kind of risk and reward with it, that, that obviously if Fulham lose these games, then they're out of the top two picture. But there's so much reward at stake if they get it right.
2: Yeah, I think these games, in that sense, do kind of play into our favour. I do feel like we play better against against the bigger teams. You know, I think we beat Leeds at home, we drew to West Brom at home. Yes, we lost to Nottingham Forest, but... I just feel like we're just suited to playing in these bigger games, as you say. The the, the odd home losses to when you lost three 0 at home to Hull City, when you just about beat them one 0 away from home, we had we conceded four goals to obviously Barnsley this season. You know, Luton scored two at Craven Cottage. I know we won the game. We got three three draw at Luton. So I do feel like these bigger teams, we just we just get up for the occasion more and I think, I think that's what's the most important thing I think the team possibly find it hard to get up against the lower teams where when you're playing the likes of Bristol City Brentford, you know Leeds, QPR Forest, West Brom Sheffield Wednesday Like these are the games I think Fulham are going to get right up
0: for Would you like the latest Fulham breaking news straight to your phone? I thought you might If so, sign up to the Fulhamish WhatsApp channel and you'll receive regular match day updates transfer updates, breaking FFC news and podcast alerts It's 100% free and you can opt out anytime if you want. To sign up, go to fulhamish.co.uk forward slash WhatsApp and follow the instructions. That's fulhamish.co.uk forward slash WhatsApp.
2: That's it for this week's extra podcast. Thanks to Kieran Critchard for joining me and hope to see many of you at Ashton Gate on Saturday as possible. Come and you whites, up the Fulham and we'll see you on Monday for a full debrief for the action.